Hi, welcome back to School of Surgery. My name is Jennifer Murphy, I'm a surgical trainee at Derby Hospital and I'm here to talk to Daniel Couch, who's a surgical registrar in Northampton. Today we're going to talk about causes of low urine output in the post-surgical patient and how to approach these kinds of patients. Hi Daniel. Hi there. Well look, the first question we need to ask ourselves is why do we even bother measuring the urine output? And the answer is, is that if someone's got a good urine output, you know they are well perfused, they've got a well-functioning cardiovascular system and a normally functioning urinary system as well. So what would you define as an adequate urine output? Well, generally speaking, we tend to use the figure of 0.5 mils of urine per kilo per hour. So in a 70 kilogram man, it's about 35 mils an hour. But I guess you have to allow for some variation in particularly small or large patients. Well, sure, if they're morbidly obese and they weigh 200 kilograms, you're not going to expect... 70-odd mils of urine per hour, you're going to go by their ideal body weight, which may well be about 70 kilograms or less. If you're concerned that a patient does have a low urine output, what should your approach be? The best way to measure urine is not with bottles or to ask the patient to pee into a cup, it's to put in a urinary catheter and ask the nurses on the ward to measure it hourly. How would you distinguish between different causes of a low urine output? Well, if someone's got a catheter on the ward and they've got a low urine output, when you look at that patient, you need to be thinking about the causes of that in three categories. Pre-renal, as in before the kidney, the heart, the cardiovascular system. Renal, the intrinsic function of the kidney. Or post-renal, meaning the drainage of the kidney afterwards, the ureter, bladders, etc. Let's talk about pre-renal causes first. And I guess this is when the kidneys aren't perfused adequately enough to generate a significant GFR. When we say pre-renal causes, we're really talking about the heart the cardiovascular system, and the fluid status of the patient. In a surgical patient and on the surgical ward, the most common cause of low urine output by far is that someone's dry, they're hypovolemic. When they're hypovolemic, endocrine systems kick in place and you get activation of the renin-angiotensin system. And so fluid is withheld from the renal system in order to maintain an adequate circulating volume. If someone hasn't got enough fluid on board, either because they haven't had enough IV resuscitation, maybe they've been kept nil by mouth, or if they're bleeding, if they lost it through third spacing, or through evaporation or sweat, then they will become hypovolemic. The renin-angiotensin system will kick in, and they'll conserve urine, their urine output will drop. What if you think they have got an adequate circulating volume, and they have been adequately hydrated? If you think that they are well-filled, before you can move on to address the renal causes, you need to make sure that the, the actual heart or the pump is working to perfuse the kidney well. Are they in dysrhythmia? Do they have valvular heart disease? Is there evidence of heart failure? So if you think there is a pre-renal cause, just to reiterate, you can differentiate between hypovolemic causes and cardiac causes of underperfusion of the kidneys. Hypovolemia, you get low blood pressure, a tachycardia, dry mucous membranes and a prolonged capillary refill time. In cardiac failure, it'll usually be in the history, you might have a raised JVP and peripheral edema. That's right. So what would be examples of renal causes of low urine output? Established kidney failure, secondary to diabetes, hypertension, immunological causes such as good pastures or SLE, or polycystic kidney disease. But I guess you'd know about that already, as it's probably been long established. Unless these patients are presenting as an emergency, these patients would be unlikely to be staying on a surgical ward 
without frequent input from the renal team as they will be already known about. However, as I've said, if they present as an emergency, you will have to get these things out of the history before you overload them. They may have a fistula, they may well tell you they regularly undergo hemodialysis, or they may have a peritoneal dialysis catheter. I guess it's important in these kind of patients to consult the renal or medical team early with regards to their fluid management. If you think that a patient's got established renal failure and that's why they've got low urine output, in any surgical patient, I would always push you to consult the renal team as soon as possible. With all patients with a low urine output, if someone's urea and creatinine are rising or the urine output is dropping, I would advise that you consult the drug chart and consider whether any of the drugs that were given the patient can be contributing towards their renal failure mm. or the low urine output. What kind of drugs might be nephrotoxic? ACE inhibitors, mm -hmm. non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as ibuprofen or naproxen. Mm -hmm. There are certain classes of antibiotics which contribute towards renal failure, gentamicin in particular. There are some oral anti-hypoglycemics, such as metformin. So we've gone to see a patient with a low urine output. We've established that they're well perfused, they don't have cardiac failure. They've got no history of previous renal disease. What could the problem then be? Well, once you've managed to exclude all of these things and you're happy about the general health of the patient and they're well perfused, as you've mentioned, you need to start thinking about post-renal causes of low urine output or renal failure. What would be an example of these? Well, as mentioned before, when we say post-renal causes of low urine output or renal failure, what we're referring to is obstruction to the urinary tract below the kidney or below the nephrons. I guess benign prostatic hypertrophy would be probably the most common example of that, would it? Well, it is a common cause of um, obstruction to the urinary tract, but when you're approaching these patients, it's useful to start at the top of the renal tract and work downwards from there. So think, is there anything causing a hydronephrosis in this patient from the renal pelvis downwards? Mm -hmm. so what could cause an obstruction in the renal pelvis? The causes of obstruction in the renal pelvis commonly are urinary calculi, extrinsic compression from tumours or hematoma, retroperitoneal scarring, ureteric tumours or strictures. And all these things can be lower in the ureter as well? That's right. These things can occur anywhere along the length of the ureter. Okay, so moving further down with your anatomy. There are actually very few bladder causes of urinary obstruction. You may have a very large bladder tumour, but it would be unlikely to obstruct both ureters. Or the urethral orifice. However... Remember, the prostate sits below the trigone, and in prostate cancer or in benign prostatic hyperplasia, the prostate can enlarge and sit within the bladder itself. And urethral causes of obstruction? Again, stones. Urethral strictures are quite common, especially in patients who've had lots of urological investigations in the past. Phimosis of the penis, if someone's uncircumcised. And lastly, blocked catheters can okay. also cause ureteric obstruction. So make sure you ask the nurse to flush the catheter first. Mm, maybe just do it yourself. Well, you could do it yourself. How do you assess these patients in a systematic manner? First thing to do is to look at the patient from the edge of the bed. Are they well or are they critically unwell? The next thing I'd advise you to do is look at the observation chart. And if they appear to be stable, pull out the notes and go through what's brought this patient into hospital. Have they had an elective procedure? Are they an inpatient under the urologists? Or have they been admitted as an emergency? because all these things will help point to you towards the diagnosis. And then you want to go and have a look at the observations charts. That's right. You want to look very closely at the pulse, blood pressure, the respiration rate, and of course the urine output, and then go on to talk to and examine the patient. So in the history, are there key questions that you'd want to ask the patient? Well, you want to ask the patient if they're in any pain, and if they feel as if they need to empty their bladder. And that might be suggestive of a post-renal cause. Certainly, retention is very painful. Mm -hmm. And if someone's got retention of the bladder... Any more than 500 mils in someone who's acutely in retention will be in agony. Exception being if the patient's got spinal cord compression. 
or if it's long-standing obstruction. The patient may volunteer certain information to you. They may say they're dying of thirst, or they may feel they can't breathe, suggesting pulmonary edema. Mm-hmm. If there's not much else to go on in the history, go on to examine the patient. And I'd always advise you to start with the cardiovascular examination. Okay. Listen to the heart. Do they have a regular heartbeat? Are they tachycardic, bradycardic? What's the blood pressure? If they're hypotensive and tachycardic, you may immediately think that they're dry. Examine the JVP. Are they overloaded or underfilled? Listen to the lung bases. Are there any crackles there? And look at the ankles. Do they have peripheral edema suggesting heart failure? So basic examination really helps to direct you to uh, whether the patient has a pre-renal cause. Are they hypovolemic or have they got cardio failure? That's right. Look at the abdomen. Do they have a large palpable bladder? If they're skinny, you may be able to fit a large palpable kidney in the, in, the, in the case of polycystic kidneys. However, you'd be very unlikely to be able to feel even the largest of hydronephroses in even a skinny patient. I guess you could always do a bladder scan to give you a more definitive measure of urinary retention, if that's what you're in search of. If someone's got a big palpable bladder, or you think you can feel a bladder, doing a bladder scan is a very useful bedside test to confirm or dismiss your finding. Once you've finished taking your history and examination of the patient, you would start thinking about special tests. Starting with the simplest of special tests, what would you do first? The first thing I would do would be to draw a set of bloods from the patient. Mm-hmm. Look at their urinary function, what's the urea, the creatinine. And remember that in renal failure, potassium is of particular interest, so check the potassium as well. And if the potassium's high, you might also want to do an ECG. That's right. Check the haemoglobin. In the postoperative patient, you want to rule out bleeding as a cause for hypovolemia. Okay, so moving on, you've done the bloods. What would be your next line of investigation? If following bolusing, if you're satisfied there's no pre-renal or renal causes of your low urine output, the next thing I would look to do is an ultrasound scan. If you're satisfied following fluid boluses that there's no pre-renal or renal causes of, of your low urine output, the, first, the next thing I would move to would be a renal ultrasound. Why is that? To look for hydronephrosis. And that would be indicative of an obstruction somewhere? That's right. Okay. But that would be difficult to arrange in the middle of the night. It's usually a, a day procedure and you probably want to consult a urologist before doing that. So if it's in the middle of the night and you put a catheter in, you haven't got any urine output, you think there's an obstruction higher up, though that would be unlikely to get bilateral obstruction of both ureters. If you really are struggling, you probably want to consult a urologist on call. If there is one, or the surgical registrar. We've talked about causes of low urine output in surgical patients. But in the post-operative patient, what are the most common culprits of low urine output? Easily, the most common causes of low urine output in surgical patients in particular is hypovolemia, cardiac disease and urinary retention, especially people undergoing minor surgery who aren't catheterised. And what are the causes of urinary retention in this case? Pain, infection, the stress response to local surgery. Also, epidurals can cause urinary retention as well. So anyone with an epidural really should be catheterised. Well, thank you very much, Daniel, for talking to us about causes of low urine output. Just to summarise what we've talked about today, we've talked about pre-renal, renal and post-renal causes, how to assess the patient and what the most common causes of low urine output are in a surgical patient.